the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. the Nick D Podcast. How you doing? My name is Nick DeGilio and I am your host. It's episode number 206 of the Nick D Podcast here at the greatest ra- uh, uh, the greatest podcast network in the world, RadioMisfits.com, Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Hey, you should also check out our live stream at Radio Misfits, RadioMisfits.live. It's like radio, only a lot cooler, and it goes 24-7, and it's free, and it's awesome. Live streaming new music, unheard music from the Unheard Music Show, and also incredible episodes of the varied and entertaining and informative and suspenseful and storytelling and interesting, fantastic podcasts that are available here. You can hear my podcast, this one, uh, daily at 3 p.m. Central. You can hear this one, and you can hear my other podcast, which is That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years, an SNL podcast. You can hear that daily at 9 a.m. Central as part of the 24-hour free streaming service that you can hear. It's like Radio Only Cooler. Check out radiomisfits.live, radiomisfits.live, to get a, a taste of everything that's awesome with Radio Misfits. All right, we are here, and uh, coming up, we have more year-end stuff. You know, it's the, it's the beginning of the new year, the end of the old year, beginning of a new year. And so uh, we're going to be doing best of movies, and we've done best of TV, the, la- the last uh, episode that dropped. Dan Feinberg talked about the best television of 2023. Well, today, Jim Ryan is going to join us from Forbes magazine, the Daily Herald. Uh, he is our music guy. He's a music journalist, interviews, and talks to amazing musicians and famous singers and songwriters, and he goes to concerts and reviews them, and we talk about music all the time. Well, we're going to talk about the best albums, the best concerts, the best music of 2023. That's the topic today with the great Jim Ryan. Ezreal Leon, my buddy, my partner, is going to be joining me uh, to talk about some dumb warnings and witty retorts and whatever else pops into our heads as we have a great time. I love Esmeralda, and we love talking, and we have a great time doing it. So she's going to join us. Uh, again, my dad is taking a little break uh, from the uh, coming by for a joke. Um, my parents have been dealing with some uh, some health issues, my dad with some health issues, and he's in uh, the hospital right now doing physical therapy and rehab. Uh, he had to have a pacemaker put in, and... Uh, and so physically, he's got to do a lot of exercise. I've been in the hospital. I've been at the hospital every day now for, uh, I guess it's eight days and uh, eight or nine days, and uh, continuing to do that, keeping uh, keeping an eye on my mom, who is also uh, having some issues right now too. So it's been a rough time in the DeGilio family for my parents and me, the only child. So it's been a little rough. So my dad's taking a little break, but he will be back into the new year. We'll get the jokes back as well. So that's what's coming up on the show. I hope you guys are well. Jim Ryan to talk about music and the best of music of 2023. And listen to who's here. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. I know you do, baby. She's the best. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. And she's wearing a T-shirt that says, here's to a great 2024. And I couldn't agree with that more. Oh, my God, do I need a great 2024. Been crazy. 
But this podcast has been a, a godsend for me, and uh, your feedback and everything is 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 loved, and everything that you've been uh, you've been doing in, in, doing in support of what's going on uh, with my parents. And by the way, I do have a GoFundMe page. You can check it out if you look up my name, Nick DeGilio, on GoFundMe. If you want to help out my folks, um, th- there's some issues happening, and uh, we set up a GoFundMe page. And if you want to donate, that's great. If not, share it. Uh, during the holiday season here, if you feel like giving, that'd be a fantastic way to do it. And it would take some of the alleviate some of the pressure from uh, the family right now. So anyway, uh, things will get back to normal. And uh, speaking of normal, why don't you be a sponsor here? Yeah, 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 yeah. You can uh, advertise on this podcast. Lots and lots of people listen to it. It'll do good for you. It'll be good for everybody. Sales at RadioMisfits.com. Write us a note saying, I want to advertise on the Nick T Podcast. Let's do it. You can leave a voicemail anytime you want, any comments, any questions, any contributions. Open 24-7 anytime you want to call it, 773-417-6948. You can drop us an email anytime you want, anything you want to say, anything. You got a magic megaphone request for me to say into the megaphone, I'll do it. NickDPodcast at gmail.com. So get in touch with us. Voicemail, 773-417-6948. Email NickDPodcast at gmail.com. Jason Skaggs does all the music and the themes and the weirdness. Uh, Ed Silla does everything else. He's the main man behind Radio Misfits, the best podcast network in the world. Please take the time to share, rate, review us on every platform, and be a part of the podcast. That's all we ask. I hope you have fun. All right. You want to be a part of greatness? You should check this out. Hey there. Are you tired of that same old, the same old stories? Well, Buckle up, because Brian Alaspas Devoured, yeah, that's right, Brian Alaspas Devoured is about to take you on a wild ride. St. Louis is teetering on the edge with riots, unrest, and the mayor's downright stubborn insistence that the 4th of July must go on. But don't tell that to public safety manager Logan Field. He's got problems bigger than the most overcooked barbecue. With a deadly attack, a missing boy, and mysterious events that make your Aunt Sally's ghost stories look like a fairy tale, something sinister is brewing in the city. Logan's at his wit's end. The only help he can find is a struggling hunter and a professor who's a whiz with ancient evils. It sounds like the start of a bad joke, right? But there's nothing funny about what's awakening in St. Louis. So join the race against time as this unlikely trio faces down an evil as old as time itself. Think your commute's tough? Try saving a city from being, you guessed it, devoured. Brian Alaspa's devoured will have you laughing and gasping and frantically flipping pages. So grab some popcorn, turn down those lights, and dive into a world where saving the city just might be the craziest 4th of July ever, and trust us, it's more exciting than a sparkler, and the only thing that might get burned is the midnight oil as you read till dawn. Brian Alaspa's Devoured. Thrilling, chilling, and the perfect way to spice up your summer. It's available now in paperback for Kindle exclusively through Amazon.com. Brian Alaspa's Devoured. Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D Podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh yeah, don't be a jagoff. Treat for you, Jim Ryan. Oh, he is on the lion, Jim Ryan. I am about to pour a big bowl of Jim Ryan down your ear hole, Jim Ryan. Five, four, three, two, one, go. Have you ever met a man named Jim? Last name Ryan. Or last name Ryan. First name. 
writes concert reviews, interviews musicians in golf fans issues. Now's the time we turn up the microphone louder so we can hear what Jim Ryan has to That means it's time to talk to Jim Ryan. Jim Ryan is our music guy. He writes for Forbes. He writes for the Daily Herald. RadioJimRyan.com is the website. And here he is. Hi, Jim. Hi, Nick. How are you? Doing all right. How about yourself, sir? All right. Not bad. How has your holiday season been thusly? (laughs) Uh, Sick for Thanksgiving, uh, you know, recovered for Christmas. It's always always something, right? How about, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's been uh, been a little weird Weird for me. Got some issues. Yeah, I'm sorry to see that. And it's been a little, a uh, little crazy. Uh, it's the first time I've spent uh, Christmas Day in a hospital uh, visiting <laughs> someone, but that's, uh, you know, but it was fine. It was, it was cool. When, uh, you know, things are looking a little bit better, but we'll see. Anyway, um, looking forward to twenty twenty four. yeah, yeah. That's now, uh, we'll we'll see. You know, <laughs> the, let's see now. Music wise, uh, before we uh, go back, as we are going mm-hmm. to do the best of twenty twenty three. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about a concert that you just saw, a Christmas concert you just saw. I do want to mention that. <laughs> um, but we're going to talk about the best albums of 2023, your favorite concerts of 2023, and just talk about the music, uh, the year in music for last year. We want to do that. Now, is there yes. anything that you're looking forward to concert-wise, music-wise, album-wise, uh, recording-wise, anything coming up in the world of music for 2024 that Jim Ryan is excited about? Uh, I can't wait to see the Stones. Yeah. You know, I mean, the fact the fact that we have new music from the Rolling Stones in 2023 and we theoretically should be able to see them perform live on stage in 2024. I mean, we're on borrowed time, right? I mean, that's that's incredible. So I'm (laughs) I'm excited about that. It is. I remember going to see them in 19. I've only seen them once and I saw them in 1990. And I I guess it was for the Voodoo Lounge. Okay, I guess. Who was the opener? Uh, Lenny Kravitz. Ah, okay. Uh, and he was great. Lenny Kravitz was great. Yeah, they always had really good openers, yeah. Um, so, and I, you know, my, my friend Scott and I went, and I got the tickets. I don't know how I got I think I got them through uh, Roy Leonard. Um, and he's like, I can't use these. Right? You want to go see uh, the Stones? And I'm like, oh, man, they're old. This was in 1990. <laughs> this was in 1990. And I was like, I don't want to see these guys, man. I don't care. You know, they, at that point, what were they, in their 50s? Yeah, that was only like 35 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, And I was like, ah, I don't want to see their old and shit. I don't care. And so I went with Scott. And we were both just like, whatever, man. You know, like they haven't haven't released a good album in years. And, you know, and I'm like, yeah, was their last good album? What was it? Tattoo You? Ah, this is going to yeah. suck. You know. So we go. And Lenny Kravitz is fantastic, you know. And again, this is in 1990, so it is like 34 years ago. Right. You know, and at that time, we were like, ah, they're old. There has been. They haven't recorded anything new. And we were down on them. Even then, we were like, ah, they're old. Little did we know that 35 years later, these guys would still be recording new music and touring. And then they come out on stage, and whatever misgivings we had, they open with Jumpin' Jack Flash. So they come out, and it's the rolling stand. We had really good seats, too. We were on the floor. You know, we were really good seats. And they come out, and literally a minute and a half into the song, I look at Scott, he looks at me, and I'm like, that's the fucking Rolling Stones, and they're playing Jumpin' Jack Flash. This is awesome. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, it didn't absolutely. Ma- it didn't matter. You know, it didn't right. matter at that time that they were has-beens and they hadn't recorded a good album in maybe 10 years at least. They walked on stage. It was the Rolling Stones. It was Mick. It was Keith. It was Charlie. You know, I mean, you know, do, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Dwayne Jones on, on bass? Oh, Daryl Jones, yes. Daryl Jones Chicago on bass. Zone, yes. Fucking amazing. Okay. When you, the, mm-hmm. the band, they come out on stage. There's Mick running around like he's 11, and he still does I know. That. Still does. Yeah. It's amazing. And they're playing Jumpin' Jack Flash. And I was like, you know, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. So I can understand why people are excited about seeing the Stones, even though they're like 80. They're literally, well, it, they're 80. You know, I mean, the fact, you know, like I've, I'm excited we even have a new Rolling Stones album. Yeah. And the fact that the fact that it's pretty good is defies all odds, right? It goes yeah. against all logic. So yeah, I'm yeah, just, yeah. you know, it's a good time to be a Stones fan, I suppose. It is. It is. And, you know, I mean, it's and it's and it was really cool. So I'm, I'm very excited. I, lo- I do have to say this. I adore the fact that the tour is sponsored by AARP. It's hysterical, isn't it? <laughs> it's awesome and so appropriate. It makes sense, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, you want to reach that audience. That's that's a pretty good way to do it, right? Yeah. I mean, in their last four tours could have been sponsored by AARP. You, you know, know I mean? wish I could remember. There was a hilarious sponsor on the last tour, too. Oh, was it's there? On my, it's on my ticket stub, like, in bigger wording than the words Rolling Stones, and I just remember <laughs> laughing at it like... Look at this ridiculous crap. Yeah. Yeah, but AARP, man, as soon as I heard, and they they were the ones who wanted it. I, you know, they talked to, like, Mick and Keith were like, yeah, let's have AARP sponsor the tour. I'm like, all right. <laughs> and that makes sense. It's really it's really appropriate and awesome. But so you're looking forward to seeing the Stones in 2024. Yeah, that's, I mean, how could you go wrong with that, right? And I'm kind of yeah. looking at a list here of, uh, of music coming in 2024. New Slater, Kenny music, that's always, mm-hmm. always exciting. Glad to have them back. Uh, looks like new music from Chance the Rapper. A new solo album from Ace Freely, Nick. I know you're excited. Oh about man, that. can't wait. Does Peter Chris have one coming out too? Because that would sounds be... like just Ace. Oh no. Okay. But that Slater Kinney album's coming in a couple weeks. That's cool. Very cool. All right. So there's some stuff coming out. Some concerts looking forward to. But we're here. You know, as it is the end of the year, the beginning of a new year. We like to look back and reflect um, on the uh, on, on uh, uh, the episode after the next of this podcast. Uh, Eric Childress and Steve Procopi and I will go down uh, our lists of the best movies of 2023. And I've already posted that list on my socials and stuff like that. So look back and re-examine the year of entertainment and stuff like that. So we like to look back at uh, 2023. So we're going to do that in a minute. But you went to a Christmas concert (laughs) at the Rosemont Theater. I did, yes. (coughs) And it was Johnny Mathis. Now, Uh I want to talk about old. Johnny Mathis is 88? Is that what I'm going to say? He's 88. God bless him. And I got to say this, growing up, that Johnny Mathis Christmas album was a staple in the household with me and my folks. Now, I'm an only child, so it was just me and my parents. But the Johnny Mathis Christmas album from the 60s, the late 60s or whatever, early 70s, whatever, that was a constant. Like the late 60s, it was a constant. So Johnny Mathis and Christmas, yeah. in my world, go hand in hand. Same here. That's it's. He's one of my dad's favorites, so I grew up. With oh that, wait a minute. That is that, is that, I, do I need to play this? How often does a train go by? So often you won't even notice. It. Okay. Believe it or not, that was a plane. That I'm was looking okay. to see <laughs> if it's landing in the yard, but so far, so far, no. So the plane's that's not landing in the yard. Okay. <laughs> not yet. It, it seems like you're safe. Yeah. All right. So Johnny. So for, as for you as well, Johnny Mathis, I think a staple in many households and in many childhoods during christmas time johnny mathis equals christmas correct 
Yeah, it's really fascinating. Like, you know, my dad, my dad obviously grew up with him in a, in a way different way than you and I did, because we grew up with him as the voice of Christmas is, is his nickname. He's put out seven Christmas albums, Nick, by the way. Yeah. Most recently in October of this year at 88 years old. Brand Isn't new that amazing? Christmas album from Johnny is that sponsored? Is it sponsored by AARP? <laughs> he should really work that into one of the song yeah, titles, yeah, yeah, one yeah, of the originals. But I mean, yeah, like, you know, so my dad grew up with him as, as the crooner, right? He's, yeah. he's doing, you know, these songs like Gina and stuff like that, whereas I, you know, only pretty much know him for, for Christmas music. But I mean, he's kind of the last man standing of, of that whole generation and genre, right? No you question. Know, of all these guys, Sinatra and Tony Bennett and Mel Torme, The Velvet Fog and Goulet yeah. and all the crooners, right? I mean, he's yeah. kind of the last one. It's he kind is. of amazing. He is, yeah. Well, 88 years old, he does a Christmas concert. Now, listen. Now, I didn't know this until I saw it in what you wrote. Gary Mule Deer opened uh, for him. Yes, now, 84. He's 84 years old. Gary Mule Deer is 84 <laughs> years old. Now, for people who don't know who Gary Mule Deer is, um, now, do you know who? did you know who Gary Mule Deer was before you saw the show? Loosely, because as soon as I didn't realize he was opening, and, and Barry, my photographer, looked at him and he goes, Gary Mule Deer is opening. I go, that's a comedian, right? And kind of comedian slash musician, yeah. Yeah. So I, I kind of, and then then doing my homework, I'm like, oh, he was on the Gong Show. And oh, everybody yeah. I would talk to would be like, Gary Mule Deer, the guy from the Gong Show? And I was right. like, that's, yeah, right. that's him. He and was he on the go- He was on Hee Haw, he's on the Gong Show, and... Uh, he did a lot of, I mean, he was, he appeared on, I mean, he did the talk show circuit. He did the Carsons. He did the Merv Griffins. He did the dinosaurs. He was everywhere. Okay. And I knew who Gary Mule Deer was. I was, I'm friends with him on Facebook. Gary. Nice. Um, and I was a fan when I was a kid, I was a fan. And he, um, was also on a show called make me laugh. If you Google make me laugh, Bobby Van was the host of make me laugh. Bobby Van was a song and dance man from Broadway, was married to Elaine Joyce for a while did classic 70s game shows with his wife, Elaine Joyce, who was hot. Uh, and he was, a, you know, a, a Broadway singer-dancer guy. Um, and he appeared on, like, Tattletales and Match Game, and he hosted game shows. And one of the shows that he hosted, that Bobby Van was the host of, was a show that was very, very popular in the 70s called Make Me Laugh. And okay. a lot of legendary comedians appeared or got their start on that show. And the idea was, as a contestant on Make Me Laugh, a person would come out, they would sit in the chair, and comedians would come up and have like a minute's worth of material. And if the longer that you didn't laugh, the more money you would win. So the idea was not to laugh at these comedians, and if you don't laugh, you make money, and the comedians would come out and do the craziest shit to make you laugh. Okay. So that was called Make Me Laugh. The host was Bobby Van. Gary Mule Deer was a regular on that show. So was Gallagher. So was Gary Shandling. <laughs> okay. So, I mean... Uh, so there were like a, t- uh, a Bruce Baum. He'd come out as Baby Man. Uh, he would do that. And so there were like a group of guys from that era, including Gallagher and a lot of other really popular comedians who would appear on Make Me Laugh. And it was a syndicated show that was on here in Chicago on WFLD Channel 32, I think at like 10 p.m. or 10.30 on weeknights. And I watched it every night. So I knew Gary Mule Deer, obviously, from that and from other uh, appearances. Uh, but the fact that this guy is still around, and he used to do stuff like... <laughs> He would bring out a typewriter, and he would like tick 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 and do fake news, and he would read the news off the bottom of the typewriter. So his material would be on the bottom. It was a portable typewriter, and he would hit the keys to make it sound like he was in a newsroom, and then he would go, "Now it's time for the news." And he had a big fro, he had a big like fro, and white guy, and he would read, uh, you know, the news off the bottom, and then he would play guitar and do like wacky songs, and he would also 
shoot arrows using his guitar string. So he would hold the guitar up and then pull the like his G string all the way. G, yeah, he pulled his. He was wearing a G. <laughs> hey now. Uh, hello, and he would pull it back and shoot arrows across the room using his guitar as a bow and arrow. Okay. So those were the things that I remember. I remember he had a big fro. He's a white guy. He did the wacky news thing with the typewriter. He did songs and parodies. And I remember really thinking he was hilarious when I was younger, especially on Make Me Laugh. So what was his act like? 84-year-old star of Make Me Laugh from the 70s, Gary Mule Deer. What did he do? He was really funny. So he came out, I mean, it was stand-up comedy uh, and he had an acoustic guitar, so he kind of uh, occasionally embellished, uh, you know, did some impromptu uh, song stuff. But mostly, mostly it was, you know, uh, jokes. He comes out on stage, and this was actually really interesting. He's technically the opener, but since the headliner is 88 years old, Mathis came out and did like a half hour, and then brought out Gary Mule Deer, so oh. he could take a break. Yeah, and Mule Deer came right out, did did like another you know, half hour, forty minutes, whatever he did, and then Mathis came back out and did an hour and finished the show. But he oh, was able cool. to get that break in between, and sure. you didn't have to wait a half hour, you know, for the yeah. next act to come out. Oh, it kind of flowed. Oh, no, that's cool. That's it cool. was pretty good. I, yeah. I liked that. So now, but did he shoot an arrow across the stage at all with the he, guitar? He did not, but he he walks out very dryly, and you know, he he waits for the applause to die down, and goes, "You guys are great. Want to go to Denny's later?" <laughs> And for some reason, I just found that hysterical. Well, I'll tell you what, that's an old joke. He, that, that's an old, that's a Gary, that's an old joke. Uh, I don't know if he used, maybe he did, he used IHOP before or something. Okay. Uh, but there is a Denny's not very far from that Rosemont. Uh, so there, so that True. was a good, that was good. All right. So that, that was cool. Uh, he didn't do the typewriter bit. He didn't bring out the he typewriter. He didn't do the typewriter bit, but he, he at one point, and I, and I verified this because I wasn't sure how much truth there was to this joke he goes i'm one year older than bugs bunny and four years younger than porky pig so i've been around for a bit and sure enough that was accurate wow uh, good for he's him. 84 porky 84. pig is bugs bunny is 83 and porky pig was was 80 so there yeah, you go it works out perfectly all right mm -hmm. so gary mule deer opening did well did the crowd love him older crowd obviously you're older crowd them. rosemont yeah. theater but it was full uh they loved him yeah it was it was a fun night i gotta say and for not just for an 88 year old johnny mathis sounded really fantastic you know no backing tracks uh a full orchestra backing him wow i mean it was it was pretty cool that's cool and he did all the standards right mm -hmm. was there uh was there any uh, witty repartee in between songs did he talk or anything he didn't he doesn't talk a ton uh he he told a couple jokes and Apparently, everybody on the stage is a golfing buddy. He's when he intro uh. Gary Mule Deer. It's here's a guy I play a lot of golf with, and you know the orchestra <laughs> changes in each city, and so but he travels I think with the drummer and the bass player. And when he introduced both of them, he's like, "Here's a guy I golf a lot with." I'm like, "Oh, this this man, <laughs> he this golfs man a golfs lot. a lot." He's 88. Let him golf. God bless him. <laughs> All his golf buddies are in his band. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, Johnny yeah. Mathis, 88, kicking ass, doing a Christmas show. Mm -hmm. Gary Mule Deer, 84, at the Rosemont Theater. Yep. Oh, that's fantastic. I think that's that pretty that, good. Th see, that sounds to me, that sounds like a show I'd like to see. That would be like a Christmas show that I would enjoy. Um, yeah, I'm not huge on, on the Christmas concert thing, yeah. uh, but that was that was a good one. Yeah. That was a cool All right, one. Cool. All right. Well, in that review, by the way, you can see that that's at Forbes. Yep. If you want to see the review of 88-year-old Johnny Mathis and 84-year-old Gary Mule Deer uh, entertaining a giant room full of people in Rosemont, which seems appropriate that 88 and 84 year old guys are entertaining uh -huh. people in Rosemont. In Rosemont. That seems, like, that seems yeah. perfect. So check it out. That's at Forbes. All right. Well, let's go back now in general. Uh, let's do albums and then we'll talk concerts in general. How do you think uh, new music uh, and the music of 2023 was what's your, what's your sort of general uh, 
your summation, good, bad, medium, whatever. Yeah, it's usually usually medium's kind of the, <laughs> kind yeah. of the barometer uh, yeah. these days. It's I mean it's funny, right? Like I don't do I don't really do album reviews anymore, and the reason for it is because one I don't find myself consuming. I hate to say this too, by the way, I don't find myself consuming new music via the album that much right. anymore. It's got to right. really be an an artist I love to sit down and. You know, try to plow through them. I, I I hear it coming out of my mouth, and I hate hearing it. But yeah, it's it's true, and I don't think people generally consume music that way. And so, and so it, it's so subjective, right? Like, who the hell am I to tell somebody uh, this new album you love sucks? Concerts, I have no problem if someone's paying five hundred dollars for a ticket telling you it sucked. Yeah, but album, enjoy what you enjoy. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. But that makes sense. Always, always sense. kind of mediocre to me. Is <laughs> what yeah. what it is for new music. Now, what, let me ask you this. As far as, like, um, the other, like, music thing, stories and things like that, yeah. uh, did you get to see Swifty? Did you get to see Taylor Swift or anything like that? No. Uh, it was a long story. We were supposed to review at Soldier Field, and then it kind of fell apart at the last second, and I'm hoping we can do it when she comes back to Indianapolis this winter because, believe it or not, that tour will still be going in November of 2024. Because, I mean, obviously she is the big... I mean, she's like a the big music story of the year, without question. Of, right? of probably like the last, you know, five years. I mean, the last guy yeah. knows. I mean, to me, it's like it's yeah. one of the biggest. It's probably the single biggest tour since Thriller, right? At least in terms of pop. Like this seems like one of those ones people are still going to be talking about a couple decades from now, just yeah. with the impact it's had culturally and everything, right? And also, I mean, not just the, the tour itself, but the movie, like when the movie came out, yes, yes, you know, I mean, it broke box office records. It was making more money than any of the movies that were out. I mean, it, you know, it made didn't more money. Like her, I'm sorry. Didn't she for, didn't she four wall all the theaters? Did she was yeah. right? I mean, so she really maximized the profit she of did. all this stuff, which is she did. And also, I mean, it made more money than most of the Marvel Marvel movies did. That's this inc- year. that's incredible. Yeah, I mean, and and I remember like when it was playing in multiplexes, uh, you would go to the to to see a, a, another movie in the multiplex. Let's say there were twelve screens, ten of them were showing the Taylor Swift movie. It was it was amazing. It was unbelievable. And I saw she's about to break some Elvis Presley record for having X amount of albums in the top whatever, and a film that was was like number one at the box. So, like some yeah. crazy thing that that hasn't happened since Elvis. I was like. Yeah, it's in, in an era where nobody's buying albums, right? Which is crazy too. I mean, that's another. She's re-released all these albums, you know. So, because again, people stream the hell of it, a hell out of it on Spotify, but she was she didn't own those. Yeah, those albums. So she's not maximizing that streaming yeah. profit. Yeah. Now with these new re-recordings she's put out, she makes every penny off all of that. She owns well, good for her. Know, all good of that. Her. So it's another revenue I mean- stream that she's maximizing in a way most artists can't. It's really fascinating to watch. No. It- it is. It's amazing, and she is. She's you know, and good for her. Everything. She's not at all my cup of tea. I would Same, not. Yeah. I would not voluntarily listen to any of her music. <laughs> Same. Um, at all. But you know, hey, God bless her. She's doing well. She's obviously smart, and she's you know got a lot of followers. I quite frankly am baffled by baffled. This. Yeah. So my that, and that's what I, I was. That's kind of what I was getting at with the albums, right? Like, yeah. obviously, it's connecting with people in this incredible way that happens very rarely. So who am I to tell you it sucks? Like, <laughs> right? yeah. I mean, no, look, I mean, look, I, I look, I, I think she's amazing and, and I, I admire what she's done and God bless her for doing all that stuff. I listen to her music and I find nothing even yeah. remotely special about it. Yeah. Ice pick through the eyes. It's it's and it is as middle of the road and, yep. 
you know, and uninteresting. And she can't really sing to be. That's kind yeah. of the. That's yeah. the other dirty little secret of this. A lot of the pop stars could sing, right? I mean, say what you want about Lady Gaga or Christina Aguilera or some of these people, they could sing. Taylor yeah. Swift isn't really any special voice there, but obviously no, no. her voice I, is connecting look, in a different way. So uh, now people people love her. I don't understand it. It's a complete mystery to me. I don't think she's that talented. That, look. You know, whatever. That's fantastic. She's obviously the big music story for you know a bunch of years now, and she'll continue to be. And now she's yeah. a big, she's a big football story now. I, I, yeah, I can't escape. It's like it's amazing. I'm not even a fan. It is in my all my social media feeds constantly. I don't even want to say his name with my laptop open. Yeah. You know, yeah. brother might hear and send me even more Travis Kelsey. Yeah, um, it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's a cultural phenomenon. It, it's really something. it is. It's crazy. I don't. I don't. But quite she seems like, but... by all accounts, she seems like a good role model and stuff, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. You know what's what? There's not a lot of bad to say. I uh, guess it's not my it's not my thing at all. Same. Yeah. And uh, and I, I listen. I loved her in Amsterdam. She got run over by a truck in the first twenty minutes, so she was great in that. <laughs> Uh, so, all right. Anyway, so that's obviously the giantest uh, music story. And then Beyonce, yeah. she did a movie too. Beyonce, I don't even know what the hell it was called. I, I am Beyonce. Everybody worship me was the name of the movie, I think. And uh, yeah, and it's and it did really well too, right? I mean, yeah. But compared to like nobody is even talking about it compared to the Taylor Swift thing. It's like when you can when you can dwarf Beyonce like that. That's really something. Yeah. Yeah, and that's an and that's another that's another artist I don't I don't understand. I don't understand the the blind worshiping of Beyonce. Like I just don't get it. Like she's fine, but like I watch what she does, and people are just she's the greatest. And people talk about how she is the greatest in the world that she ever will be, and everything she does and everything she says is amazing. And I'm like, no, yeah. not really. I don't <laughs> Sorry. really. That's to me. That's like a bad way of approaching any, you know, artist, politician, yeah. any. That's a bad. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, thank you. Right. Okay, well, let's get Anywho. into your favorite stuff. <laughs> yeah. Before we piss off everybody, because uh, yeah, right now, yeah. right now there are Swifty. What are Beyonce people called? Bees? Bee, That's, bee people? That right. Yeah. Probably. I don't know. Hives. I, they're I in a hive. I don't know what the fuck they're called. Whatever. We've pissed we off the Beyonce it. and the Taylor Swift people. I'll read my hate mail next month. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't give a shit, quite frankly. But anyway, <laughs> um, all right. Let's talk about your favorite stuff. Let's do the albums. Um, yeah. Now the list that I have in front of me are they ju- are they in order of preference or are they just in any order? They're they're just in any order. Um, okay, may- maybe that second one on the list is probably one of my favorites of the year. Well, let's go. Let's let's start off with that one. And White of course, Reaper. that's Gasms by Smokey Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> All right, White Reaper asking for a run. Yes, yes. Tell me about uh, it. you know by way of Louisville, Kentucky. They're they're another one of these kind of. They're they're an alternative band that kind of rounds the corners on on punk and metal a little bit and puts it into a poppier form and I just can't get enough of it. Um, I listen to some of their songs and there's one at one time I'll be like wow there's kind of a Motorhead feel there and then the next couple I'm like man it sounds like Thin Lizzy the way they're they're layering the guitars and I just love it. I think I can't to me it, it, rock music doesn't get better than White Reaper in 2023. I adore yeah. them. Yeah. Okay. And that when did that album come out? Uh, midway through the year, I think like the first quarter of the year, March, okay. something like that. Yeah. Okay. So White Reaper has been out. Right. Yeah, their single pages has gotten a little bit of airplay. Outside that, it hasn't. Uh, they okay. they hit a lot of the festivals. They were at Riot Fest, but uh, they were just at the Aragon a couple of weeks ago. But they're they're really solid. Awesome. Okay. All right, the Rolling Stones, as we mentioned, let's talk a little bit about that album. Hackney Diamonds is the name of it. Um, I've heard a lot of it. I think it's solid. I think it's a pretty. Yeah, solid I think record. it's solid. I think I think people have been a little too crazy over the top with their, with their praise and their love of it. It's, I mean, to me, it's not the, one of the greatest albums they've ever made, but it's certainly an album I can come back to and and listen to time and again. Uh, 
which is more than I can say. I mean, when you when you mentioned some of that '80s '90s output, I'd rather yeah. listen to Hackney Diamonds before I listen to Steel Wheels or Bridges to Babylon ever again. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that. And then you know, and obviously you know, the Stones did some great stuff. You know, they released this record, and they're obviously touring. They got AARP to, to sponsor, which is a great <laughs> yes. fun move. And then they get Sydney Sweeney in the video, which of course causes a big stir because you did, yeah. You know, she's everywhere, and she everybody she's the hottest thing on the planet, and everybody loves her, and she's hot. And then there was like controversy. Is it is the, the controversy? Yeah, and she yeah. shot that down. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. She shot it down quick. Yeah. That yeah. was amazing. Yeah, that's yeah. she's the the new Tawny Katane. I don't know. She is everywhere, man. And uh, you know, uh, but yeah, and and of course, you know, to to be associated with the Stones for someone of her generation is pretty special. Pretty and cool. For yeah. The Stones and for the Stones on the other end to be old guys who are tapping into what's hot now, especially yeah. with young dudes, that was a smart move. A smart move. Yeah, that was a smart move. Uh, unlike their launch, which featured Jimmy Fallon, which to me couldn't have been any more <laughs> I, lame. I, I know. Anything featuring Jimmy Fallon to me, though, is lame. So, you know. yeah. Well, anything. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. All right. All right. Inhaler. Tell me about that. Cuts and Bruises is the name of the album. I think Inhaler is pretty terrific. Uh, tell me about the, this album. What, what is it? Why is it one of your favorites of the year? Yeah, that's uh, that's Bono's kid, Eli Hewson, on uh, on vocals and songwriting. And, uh, he, you know, he's he's such a humble guy. You'd never you'd never guess he's related to Bono. But um that album, I, I hear the Smiths in that album, and I think the songwriting is really solid, and they're still kind of finding their sound. So to to be to, as dialed in on the songwriting as they are this early is really is really something else. And and they've kind of made this, they've got a hugely uh, crazy psychotic fan base that just keeps seeming to grow. And they've kind of made this jump from small venues to the last time they were here, they're at the Riv and. By the end of the year, they had opened for Pearl Jam at United Center. They they opened arena runs for Arctic Monkeys, and they seem like they could be primed to really make a huge jump with the next album, so it'll be fun to watch. Yeah. All right, Inhaler. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting to, to, to follow that. Um, and you got to you you got to hang out with them, correct? We hung out with them at the Riv, yeah. They're they're just such nice, normal guys. A couple times, Lollapalooza uh, last year, too. So they've, they're really, like, like I say, like... Eli Houston is just a nice guy. He was, we were going to do the photo shoot and it was in the balcony at the rib. So we had moved, we were moving all the photo equipment to, from the balcony up to, I'm sorry, from the stage up to the balcony. And I went to grab one of the lights and Eli had already grabbed it and is going up the stairs at one of Barry's lights. And I, I look at him, I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to be out of a job. <laughs> There's no reason for me to come to these things if I can't at least carry the, the light up the fucking stairs. But um, I just thought that was hysterical that. Yeah, you know, here's this guy helping us. He doesn't. He doesn't know any better yet. <laughs> yeah. Give it a year. It's or funny. Two. It's funny because Bono's daughter had a great year too, because she was in Fiona and Son. Um, mm-hmm. Really terrific movie from the you know from the people who made Sing and uh, Once. Um, great music in that, and she was terrific in it. So it's a you know for the for the for the Houston offspring, offspring the Bono <laughs> offspring, a strong year, and not only that, a very strong year for his for their dad too. No I mean, kidding. Geez. It's I, they've they've I kind of brought them back a little bit. Incredible! All right, uh, the Revivalists. Um, uh, tell me about uh, about their about their latest, one of the best albums of twenty twenty three. Eight eight nine piece band from New Orleans, and and they're they're fascinating in that here's kind of an alternative indie rock band, and yet you can hear New Orleans in every second of every song. You can hear that melting pot that comes together as only New Orleans can. So it's an alternative indie rock group, but there is you know brass sounds on there. There is strong songwriting. There's all these things that make New Orleans great, yet 
in a contemporary rock act. I just I can't get enough of the revivalists, and they were they were absolutely dynamite this year at Lollapalooza, um, despite playing during throughout a heavy rainfall. So it was it was fun to watch. And that was this this past Lollapalooza. How much we didn't get a ton of rain this year, did we? Yeah, that was it was the last day. I think I think it was on Sunday, and we got rain. Uh-huh. Saturday night, so when we got to the festival, it was a little muddy, and then it started raining. I think the rain basically concluded during their set. <laughs> but uh-huh. I've, I've got some photos where you could see them really, some of Barry's photos where he was in uh-huh. the photo pit, and okay. you could see the puddles on stage. You could see the puddles. It's not quite like when you were in Canada and you were ignoring Saga. <laughs> when you should have been watching Saga when you had your back to the stage. How did I not put that on the on the year's best concert list, by the way? <laughs> oh, is that right? Right. Okay. Should have. Yeah, I was. Saga live in Quebec. I love Saga, man. I know. Yeah, you know that. You know yes. that. I'm the only one. I'm the only American who loves Saga. I enjoy people. Saga. Yeah. I don't know that I love it quite the way that you do, but I enjoy Saga. <laughs> I don't think anybody likes Saga <laughs> as much as Saga does in my. In, 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 yes. So. Uh, let's listen. Uh, Mickey Dolans. Dolans sings REM. Yeah. This is real. This is not uh-huh. a joke. This is not like a, a bit, you know, that the monkeys uh-huh. are doing in in fast motion on their show. This is like an yeah. actual this is an actual thing. Mickey Dolan's released a record of of REM, correct? Yes. Yeah. So uh, tell me about that. You loved it. I, I absolutely love it. Yeah, it's an EP. It's only four tracks, so that's why I put eleven on this list, not ten. But he does Shiny Happy People, Radio Free Europe, Man on the Moon, and Leaving New York. And this this follows up, he just did an album of Harry Nilsson songs. Um, oh, now wow. he's doing now he's doing REM and the first single is Shiny Happy People and I was hesitant to even listen to it and then Michael Stipe who are you familiar with Michael Stipe's opinion on Shiny Happy People? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. I, I am. He hates it. It's his least favorite REM song. He hates yeah. it. And yeah. Michael Stipe tweeted saying, "I can't believe I'm saying this, but this is fantastic." And I'm like, "Wait, what? He hates that song?" Yeah. And I gotta say. Mickey Dolan's take on Shiny Happy People is just, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. It's wow, absolutely fantastic. He puts this monkeys-like spin on this song that's got kind of like a childlike naivete anyway and really makes it his own. And then he directs the video, and it's all this archival footage of him as a child actor, of him with the monkeys, and then him and his sister, because his sister sings the backing vocals on it. Wow. And everything about it, Nick, is... Michael Stipe was dead on. It is, is absolutely fantastic. It's the best wow. track on the album, and it's one of my favorite songs of the year. His take on Shiny wow. Happy People is just... That's amazing. That's amazing. And R.E.M., he launched the uh, the EP in Athens, Georgia, and R.E.M. joined him. Even Bill Berry showed up, and R.E.M. Uh, joined him for it. It was really cool. That's really cool. Now, I wish mm-hmm. I didn't hate R.E.M., but I do. <laughs> um, I hate them. I did, They're one of my least... Uh, favorite and, and most hated bands of all time. Well, I, now I, I'm good. Now I'm really curious what, what you would think of Shiny Happy People. Yeah, no, I mean, I, well, I think Shiny Happy People is one of the worst songs in the history of mankind. But um, <laughs> so there you go. That's yeah. now I'm really curious. Uh, and yeah, so I'm not. A, I'm not a big R. I'm, you know, uh, yeah, I hate Michael it, Stipe yeah. wrote it and he hates it. So yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I hate Michael Stipe, so that goes goes that. <laughs> um, so Mick Dolan's doing REM sounds cool. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Depeche Mode, uh, a terrific new album. These guys, I, I love Depeche Mode. I've always loved them since the very, very beginning, all the way back in the early '80s. I've been a fan of Depeche Mode uh, since they, since they, since they, uh, since inception. And uh, and the new record, um, tell tell everybody about the new record, which I think is I think is terrific. Yeah, it's a uh, Memento Mori is the name of the album, which translates to 
remember death. And the irony is that they were at work on this album already when, you know, co-founding member Andy Fletcher died. Yeah. And a lot of the songs take on this really eerie tone in light of that, but were written prior to that even happening. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's kind of crazy when, you know, the world works that way. But I, I to me, it's, it's the... Depeche Mode's been fascinating because maybe they haven't put out great albums over the course of the last, you know, 25 years, but there's been, to me, great songs in there. Depeche Mode has... Every time Depeche Mode releases a new single, I'm like, man, I'm like, that is a dynamite track, and maybe I yeah. don't like the album. This one I love, the full album, and the single, the first single from it, Ghosts Again, yeah, is yeah. just... It's, to me, it's one of the best songs they've ever written. I just I agree. I can't believe they're yeah. running at such a high level this yeah. far along. It's really great. So uh, the other albums that uh, uh, um, were, you, you can check out now is your lists for the albums and the concerts. Are they going to be posted on Forbes or anything? Uh, I can throw them. Uh, I can throw them on the old socials. Okay, put them up on the socials so people can check them out for sure. Yeah. Uh, best albums of 2023, best concerts of 2023. Put them up on the show so you can follow RadioJimRyan.com, and uh, Jim Ryan is on uh, the Facebooks. He's on the Insta- Instagramsies and all that shit. So just follow him. Uh, all right, you know, I figure we can segue, since we're talking about uh, Depeche Mode's album, let's get into the best concerts, and uh, Depeche Mode played uh, the United Center uh, twice, I, I believe, this past they year. They did, yeah. Uh, beginning of the year and at the end of the year. Um, mm-hmm. Did you go to both shows? I went to the first one. I really wanted to go back for the second one. I forget what I had going, and I couldn't, because the set list was pretty much exactly the same as the first mm-hmm. one, except they were doing Policy of Truth the second time through, and I've... I would have loved to have seen Policy Truth because that the only time I've ever seen Depeche Mode was that first time United Center and they didn't do oh, it. So. Oh wow! Oh. Yeah, uh, I've seen Depeche Mode many, many times. Did not see them on this on this tour this year, this past year, but I've seen Depe- I've seen Depeche Mode in double digits, um, <clears throat> and I and I adore that band. And my old buddy uh, Joe uh, Donatello, who passed away in 2008 was his favorite band of all time. So I was I was on board with Depeche Mode because of listen, Depeche Mode's the best band ever. That's it. That was what Joe would say. And so we went to see them several times. But uh, the first time you saw them earlier this year at the United Center, um, pretty great then. Yeah, I, I loved it. Um, and again, one of the early centerpieces of that show was that new single, Ghosts Again, which to, to see the crowd reacting to a new song that way. And, you know, the, one of the trends I've been kind of noticing with concerts this year, and Depeche Mode was a great example. For a while you had, at least in the rock world, these shows that were coming bigger, bigger productions. And it seems like everybody's kind of stripping that back now to where, yes, there's a huge screen, but in terms of other technological bells and whistles, they're, they're kind of pulling that back. I think it was to recoup, you know, after the pandemic as quickly as possible, you cut corners where you can, but personally, I kind of love it because I feel like it makes the crowd focus on the show a little bit more instead of what's happening behind and around yeah. the stage. Yeah. And Depeche Mode was a great example of that. This was the, the, the attention was focused squarely on that band, two members in particular who were just absolutely kicking ass on stage and delivering a terrific rock show without backing tracks. It's one of my pet peeves. I know. Um, I just, I thought they were great. Yeah. yeah. They've always, I've never been, I don't think I've ever been disappointed by a Depeche Mode show. Um, and I'm going back 40 years, you know, uh, in seeing yeah. these guys, and uh, they're always consistently great. And uh, and it's I'm I'm glad that they're still going despite the huge loss that and the huge hole that Andy left behind um, mm-hmm. in that band. But they're doing a great job to fill it and to honor him. So yeah, Depeche Mode at the United Center. All right, well, let's get to uh, you two at the Sphere in Vegas. We talked about this before. 
Uh, and clearly, I mean, this was the best show you've seen all year, correct? I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, it's gonna, it would take something pretty amazing to top that in, in the foreseeable future. I mean, it's, it's one of my all-time favorite concert memories. It's, that, I, I, I think, I'm sure I phrased it this way when I was on. I don't like to speak in hyperbole and call anything the, the best thing, the best thing, but that is one of the best live shows I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It was great. And, the, and the, let's talk, tell everybody, for people who might not have heard it, The Sphere is in Vegas. It's this new insane venue. If you can try to describe what it is, what's, what it's like to be inside, and the experience of seeing you two at this incredible place. Uh, it's yeah, overwhelming, so it, overwhelming and crazy. It is. Yeah, it's like sensory overload. It's an 18,000-seat arena. So in that sense, it's, its capacity is pretty similar to Allstate Arena or United Center in Chicago, you know, a hockey basketball arena. Yeah. Unlike those arenas where the seats go all the way around you, the seats here, first of all, the building is spherically shaped. When you when you see it, the exterior looks like a big ball. Yeah. For lack of it looks looks like Epcot Center except a smoother exterior because the exterior itself is also an LED video screen. Crazy. But once once you get in, the seating the seating doesn't go all the way around like it would a normal arena. So what you're looking at ahead of you is the stage on the floor, and then the best way I can compare it is not even an IMAX, but you know the Omnimax movie yeah. screens. Yep. It's kind of like that, but on steroids, where the screen wraps around you to the sides and overhead. So it's 4K imagery. It's an, like a 16,000K like resolution LED screen, like the the best one in the world. They're calling it, yeah. and the imagery they're putting up there around you and over you is like sensory overload to the point where. I think the performers have to be really careful because you stop paying attention to what's happening on that stage yeah. at times. Yeah. You two did an acoustic set right in the middle where they were barely even using that screen. And I'm sure that was a very concerted effort to make sure at least for like a half hour you were watching the band. Yeah, right, <laughs> right, right. Now, I can't imagine. I understand that Fish is next doing So, a- you know, I, I kind of laughed. Like, do you know who owns the Sphere? I do not. It's MSG, which is James Dolan, who is, by all right. accounts, that, allegedly a complete idiot. Yeah. No. No. Now I now remember. Now, yes, you had to remind me. Yes, MSG. Yes. Okay. It's so it was kind of amazing that this whole thing launched as as well as it did. Like it, it was a pretty flawless launch, and then the next bands are talking about bringing in. I'm like, okay, now now we're seeing James Dolan's fingerprints because they're the last <laughs> bands I would bring in. Fish, I mean, as soon as I heard Fish, I'm shit? like, what are you kidding me? Like what? why? Like who cares? Like. I mean, I suppose that crowd is going to get in there, take a lot of drugs, and the visuals will be pretty stunning. But yeah, I, I feel like, you know, yeah, that could be what, anywhere. Have they announced what's after Fish? Uh, there's there's the other couple ones that are rumored. The Stones, it's your usual suspect. The Stones are rumored. Paul McCartney's rumored. Yeah. Um, you know, the Darren Aronofsky film is in there now. And right. Really not doing right. real well. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's really freaky. I guess people are. Uh, yeah, I would like. I mean, to it's Darren see Aronofsky. That. I mean, you know, I, yes, I can't. right, yeah, right there. I get. I mean, I, I happen to be a huge fan of. Darren I do too, Aronofsky, and but, and I love but. him, and and but I can't imagine seeing something. You know, he he makes me go to a regular movie theater and hyperventilate and freak out. <laughs> I can't even imagine seeing the, any any kind of insane work by Darren Aronofsky in that place without yeah. having a, a stroke. You know, no, it's got to be. Mean? Yeah, it's got to be insane. Well, <laughs> that was what I kept feeling during the U two thing. That amazing, as amazing as it was, it felt like we, we were only scratching the surface in terms yeah. of the the capability of the imagery that you could incorporate with a show like that. And Incredible. 
it's going to be fascinating to see where it goes. But something yeah. like the Aronofsky films and stuff like that, like, could be an even crazier. I I would love to go see that. I would love to see the Aronofsky movie there, man. I would, and I would have loved to have seen you too. And my good friend Colin Suter, who is uh, one of the big, the biggest U two fan of the world, loved the shows. At, okay, uh, good. In Vegas loved it. Thought it was amazing. So, all right. Uh, the Cure at the United Center. So far, we're talking about bands that have been around for a very, very <laughs> long know. time. I know. Uh, I love The Cure. I don't give a shit. I love them. Uh, I do, too. Yeah. And so, we're, you know, like Depeche Mode, like you 2 we're talking about bands, <laughs> again, that have been around for, for, for over 40 years. <laughs> well, yeah, but, you know, what? and yet they were as relevant in 2023 as they've ever been. I mean, Robert Smith took control of the ticking in a way most artists are not to make sure he reigned in prices and kept them affordable. He worked with Ticketmaster to the point where he got so pissed off at one point that he had he had worked with them to to start tickets at 20 bucks only to find out that after the fees they were like $45 and he was pissed. I know, I heard about the the, fees, all this. Yeah. the fees were twice as much as as the ticket yeah. more than the ticket. Yeah. And forced Ticketmaster to refund people a chunk of that fee because they had not disclosed yeah, it to man. him either. Hell he, yeah. So here's an artist going to bat for his fan base in a way most artists don't want to be troubled with. And here's a guy who pulled back the curtain to me on the ticketing process to show just how much power and sway and influence and control an artist can have over that process if they want to. Yeah. Which yeah. most don't. It's extra work. But it Robert is. Smith showed us it's very much possible to rein in these prices and he was doing, at United Center, it was the longest show they did on the, on the entire tour. It was three and a half hours. He complained that he was sick and then played longer than he had the rest of the tour. It was it was incredible. It was, yeah. it, again, Depeche Mode and The Cure, both, despite being this far in, to me, they were as vital in 2023 as they've ever been, yeah. which was that's, amazing. It's, that's really cool to hear. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and uh, we all remember um, how Pearl Jam tried to take on Ticketmaster uh, back in 94. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and, and I remember. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I went on that. I saw him at Soldier Field on that tour, and it was the, the ticketing was a pain in the ass. It was well, the weird. ticket was a pain in the ass, and then they they were only able to mount like six shows or something during that tour because yeah. of the exclusivity agreements. They couldn't yeah. play in venues that that Ticketmaster yep. forces venues to be to let Ticketmaster be the exclusive ticketer of that venue, and so right. Pearl Jam couldn't play any of those venues. And when all was said and done, they had like six days on the entire tour, which. I mean, if that doesn't show you <laughs> how much yeah. control Ticketmaster had back then, yeah, I don't know what does. Yeah, and uh, so it was. It was. A, it was a valiant attempt on the part. It was of a valiant. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a valiant yeah, effort. It, it didn't it quite work Pandora's out. Opened Pandora's box in retrospect. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And then uh, and then Robert uh, Robert Smith, God bless him, continuing that, trying to help out uh, mm -hmm. in, in the ridiculousness of it. So you got to love the Cure, man, at yep. United Center. All right, let's continue with old guys. Red Hot Chili Peppers at Lollapalooza. <laughs> Another band that's been around since the 80s. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, well, you know, it's funny, right? Because, like, writing for Forbes, I mean, that's kind of the that's kind of the stuff I'm going to see just sure. because of the Forbes demo. But yeah. the Chili Peppers were, were – I've seen them a bunch of times. I don't really give a shit about the Red Hot Chili Peppers one way or the other. I've seen them a couple yeah. times. They've, they've been fine. What yep. I've seen them at Lollapalooza a bunch of times. Yep. Um, they're fine. Whatever. This show – they were, that was a band inspired. John Frusciante was back. They still clearly are enjoying performing with one another and getting along. They're all supposedly sober. And that show was like watching, it was like watching a jazz band. I've never seen anything like it in terms of there was so much improv going on. Like every song would start with like just them kind of noodling around for a minute or two before yeah. they went into the song. And it was That's cool. 
just watching watching Chad Smith and John Frusciante kind of direct traffic on stage was really something. I mean, it was That's a band cool. they put out they put out two albums this year. I don't know if they're any good or not, but I mean, yeah. Creatively, they seem to be firing on all on all cylinders. Yeah. So if the Chili Peppers are your thing, this yeah. is a good time to see them. So Lollapalooza, great show, inspired, really fun, yeah, and, su- and, su- and like surprisingly, shocking. surprising, mm-hmm. shocking, yeah, definitely, yeah, awesome. All right, uh, well, old guy, but uh, Cowboys in the Campfire. He's an old dude from an from an '80s band. Uh, the great Tommy Stinson, and you got to see him at Liars Club. Man, I mean, yeah, he he came through and did Liars Club twice. That's yeah, it was awesome. Incredible to see him in a club like that. Man. Well, Liars Club is getting some cool stuff. Evan Dando from the Lemonheads, who I love, was there last night, and the Liars Club has been getting some cool. They're, they're kind of like filling the void to me that was left by Doubledore in terms sure. of sure, sure, being able to get some of these cool, uh, you know, acts that have been around for for a long time. And yeah, well, Cowboys in the Campfire, Tommy Stinson. Tell me, tell me about that show. Yeah, it's a great album too. Uh, he he does it with uh, it's it's him and a partner and. On the album, there's a lot of pedal steel, so it's it's his it's the poppy alternative stuff you'd come to expect from you know somebody from the Replacements who learned to play his trade under Paul Westerberg. It has all those elements, but then there's this. Some of the songs are kind of anthemic. Some of the songs have a little bit of a country twang, and the pedal steel is playing underneath it, all of it, and it's just it's beautiful. That should have been on my list of favorite albums too. It's really good, mm-hmm. Cowboys in the Campfire. But yeah, that's. Tommy, all his touring now is backyards. It's off-track venues. You know, he, he played yeah. Cobra Lounge here once. Um, yeah, right. We talked about this. The, we've talked about this. On yeah, the, on the, on the it's really cool. If you if you can get a chance to see him, those those shows are a lot of fun because he yeah. controls everything. Yeah, and I'm a. I mean, obviously, the Mats are one of my favorite bands of all time. And uh, anybody with the anybody with the last name of Stinson, I'm I'm fine with. That's Amen. <laughs> that's pretty much how it works, man. <laughs> Your last name is Stinson. You're awesome. That's how it works. So. All right, now let's get into older shit, too. I love this. New edition, Keith Sweat Guy, Teddy <laughs> Riley of Black Street. This was at the United Center. I would have loved to have seen this show. Like, that's, like, right in my Fly Jam's wheelhouse. Yeah. Man. I want to please. be clear about both of these lists, the concerts and the albums. These are not necessarily what I'm saying are the best concerts of the year. These are my personal favorite yeah, concerts sure, of the year. of course. Of course. I, I'm certainly not going to go, you know, new edition. I, I would put them... <laughs> <laughs> like I'm trying, I'm trying like some nerd like like Rush or like you know a Neil Peart drum solo like no you're not getting that during New Edition yeah uh, but it was entertaining as hell because here's Keith Sweat comes on and does his songs right yeah guy guy the other opener is yep. Teddy Riley from Blackstreet of and, course and that was great yeah. and then New Edition comes on and does Bobby Brown solo tracks does Bell Biv yeah. DeVoe tracks hell does yeah. New Edition tracks <laughs> yeah. like and all of them have successful solo stuff like yeah. every member yeah. you know uh it was that show was fantastic I, I had so much I, fun at that show and they gave us insane tickets we were in like the sixth row oh. I mean Bob, Bobby Brown who I'd never seen before is right in front of me I was like this is fantastic no that would have been I mean seriously that's like right in my wheelhouse seriously same like that yeah. show man I would have I would have gone nuts during that show because oh so that's up there really high. And then uh, Wrigley, awesome. Field, Wrigley Field, GNR, and the Pretenders. Now that, uh, <laughs> there, are, there are several reasons why we need to talk about this as uh, okay. we run out of time, but briefly as possible. It was 612 degrees that day, if I remember well, yes, correctly. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. If I remember correctly, <laughs> it was literally like 700 degrees it on was. the field. And yeah. I was worried for Chrissy Hine. I was like, man, because I love Chrissy Hine. I Chrissy, do Hine, Chrissy Hine, I think, is the coolest chick in the history of rock. I love yep. her. 
and yeah. I love the Pretenders. And I remember, you know, I was I was in an air conditioned place at the time. I was like in a movie theater, I think, at that time. And I was looking at my social media and people posting stuff, and I'm like, I'm concerned. <laughs> Chrissy's seventy two. Yeah, I don't need that shit happening to, to Chrissy Hine. But the show, despite the fact that it was 3,000 degrees at Wrigley, you included Guns N' Roses and The Pretenders. What was great about that show besides almost dying of heat stroke? Yeah, that's, that's why I want to quantify that this list are my personal favorites because what was here's what I could tell you was not good about that show. Yeah. His name, his name, spoiler alert, Dick, Yeah, Axl Rose. No, shocking. <laughs> He's terrible. Shocking. Yeah. Terrible. But I, yeah. you, so we, that show was vastly undersold, as was the last time GNR played here in yeah. 2016 or 2019. Yeah. And yep. so we, we wound up, we wound up with free tickets. And, you know, Guns N' Roses is one of my favorite bands. GNR, The Replacements, REM, those, those are right yep. up there. Yep. And I've okay. seen Guns N' Roses a ton of times, but I've never been close. And so we were on the field, and it was so undersold that we were able to walk straight up to the guardrail, and we never had to leave it, and it was never crowded. Yeah. It was the optimal viewing experience for Guns N' Roses. And the whole time, you know how sometimes like when you're at a show, and you're in the moment, especially if you're in a good spot like that, and it's loud as hell, and it's overwhelming, yeah. you don't necessarily notice that the singer sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're enjoying the hell out of the show. <laughs> My, my friend Barry's there with his six-year-old who's super, I'm sorry, eight-year-old who's super into it. She's loving it. We had such a good time, and we're leaving. And I look at Barry. He goes, man, he's like, I've, I can't believe how good GNR was. And I go, don't watch any videos. He goes, what? He goes, I'm going to watch. I go, don't watch any videos. He goes, what are you talking about? I go, just don't watch them. And the next morning, he texts me, and he goes, I just made the mistake of watching a yeah. couple of Wrigley videos. He's like, an Axel is really bad. Axel. I'm like, yeah. Terrible. I tried to tell you. <laughs> so despite the heat, that was a great that was a great show for you. Yeah, that's the and the only other time I had seen the Pretenders was opening for the Stones. So opening yeah. for the Stones, opening for GNR, yeah. it's perfect. And they yeah. just, she was great. Well, I mean, they're the killed best. it. I mean, the, the she Pretenders. has a new album out this year too. The Pretenders, it was really good too. Yeah, fantastic. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. All right, well, uh, you can uh, continue to follow Jim. He will throughout the entire year be a regular on this uh, podcast. Tell us what the great concerts are, and you interview a lot of musicians. Uh, really, really cool stuff. You can follow him on RadioJimRyan.com or Radio Jim Ryan all over the place. Uh, Forbes is where he writes for and the Daily Herald. And you will continue to write about music, interview musicians, and go to concerts and tell us all about it when you do that. Yep. All right, through the year 2024. Well, Happy New Year, Jim, and I will talk, Thanks, to, you, uh, I'll talk to you next month, buddy. Sounds good. All right, take Later. care. Later. All right, there you go. That's Jim Ryan. He's the best. Uh, all right, you know who else is the best? Esmeralda Leon. Esmeralda. Yeah. Esmeralda Leon. That's right. Yeah. When Jason Skaggs sings that song, that means it's time to talk to Esmeralda Leon. It's always a highlight for me. And here she is. Hi, Esmeralda. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Okay. I'm all right. You know, things are things. Are things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. that's, that's all I can say right now. Um, so cool. Are you enjoying your uh, your holidays? Uh, are, they, are they going okay for you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, 
hanging out with family, mm-hmm. seeing people that you usually don't see. Right. So that's always nice. Yeah. All right. Very, very cool. So the holidays are, are, are treating you right. Have you had some good food and all that cool stuff? Did you get good things for Christmas? Where you Did you enjoy your gifts and things? Um, sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm... I kind of don't really get things anymore, so it yeah. doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, that's what I. Yeah, I'm I'm the same way. I don't really get a lot of I don't really get a lot of stuff either. But uh, you know, but uh, I had a nice uh, nice Christmas Eve. Watched The Ref, which is my favorite Christmas oh, movie. Oh, there, there you and, go. There you go. And that was nice. I watched it with Julie and and uh, her, uh, her her sister and cousin. We watched that on Christmas Eve, which is uh, which is great. And they like the movie. It's a very. It's not. An, it's a kind of an unusual. You know. R-rated Christmas movie, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but uh, they were open to it and they they enjoyed it. So that that was always that was that was fun. That was good. And uh, you know, um, uh, visiting uh, visiting uh, uh, you know your father, spending Christmas Day in a hospital with your father is a little weird. Um, but uh, that was a unique experience. You know, but they were very yeah. nice at the hospital and they had all kinds of really fun stuff set up for the for the patients and things like that. So it was as good as it could be. You know, with mm-hmm. a loved uh, with a loved one in the hospital, they made it as pleasant as possible. And so, but it, that's the first time I've ever spent um, the holidays in uh, in a hospital room. <laughs> All right. Well, so, check that one off the list. Check that one. Yeah. I never. Okay. That's done. I never want to go back and do it again. I don't want to experience <laughs> that again. Thank you, life, for giving me that experience. I guess I appreciate it, but I never want to go through it again. So there you go. Anyway, so as we move on to the new in, in, into the new year. Um, you know, we're looking forward to uh, all the craziness that happens in the new year and, uh, and all that cool stuff. Are you, is there anything that you're, uh, is there anything that's coming up in the new year, like entertainment wise or movie wise or anything that you've heard about that you're looking forward to in the, uh, um, in, in the, in the year? I am curious how the Oscars and such will go just because I don't know. I haven't really, I mean, this is, I'm a, I'm just a lay person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I haven't really seen anything that's like, oh, this is it. This is going to be like maybe yeah. Oppenheimer and Barbie, like when that. But other than that, there hasn't at least nothing that I remember. It'll be it's going it, to be a lot of me going, oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, when you when, <laughs> during award season, do you like to watch the stuff? Do you watch the red carpet? I mean, uh, do, do you watch like your Golden Globes and the critics choices? Because they have like. Yeah. Four, four, yeah. Yeah. I like to I like to watch um especially Golden Globes. I mean those are usually fun to They're usually people. drunk and people are drunk and they drink. Yeah. Yeah. Usually they and it's quicker. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to remember who's hosting this year. I completely forgot who's hosting. Maybe I, you can I think I I thought I heard that nobody was hosting yet. No, I think they there is a host. Anybody. I I, I'm, I think there's a host this year. Maybe we can do a little googly on that. Um God, I think there. I, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think there's a host, but I don't remember. But yeah, no, but they, but the, the Golden Globes. The thing about the Golden Globes is that they get, um, you know, like all the stars from because it's it covers both TV and movies. So mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. get stars from both mediums. You get stars from the TV and the streaming world and the movies. Um, and uh, I remember enjoying the Golden. My favorite Golden Globes era um was when Ricky Gervais hosted that to me was mm-hmm. I uh, love, yeah I, no he was good <laughs> yeah I mean just like pissing people off and you know um that I mean one of my favorites like because he would he would do things and, and like they would cut to people in the room and like he would talk about the people that were sitting 15 feet away from him <laughs> oh yeah just, I mean he didn't care it's like didn't. whatever <laughs> my favorite was when he do you remember when he one of the times he introduced Mel Gibson 
Um, Pro- yes, probably. So, so this is like right after, or soon after, but it was after the whole, uh, you know, the, the the when he got pulled over by the cops drunk and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, called one of the cops sugar tits and whatever, you know, and then was leaving anti-Semitic message screaming about this and screaming about that when he acted like a maniac because he was boozing up. Yeah. So when Ricky Gervais introduced him because he was the next presenter, Mel Gibson was the next presenter, <laughs> Ricky Gervais, who, by the way, at this point, because this is about halfway or three-quarters of the way through the through that particular uh, ceremony, he had already pissed off everybody in the room and a lot of people watching with what you know all the stuff that he was saying, which is one of the reasons why I loved when he hosted. Yeah. But he said... Look, uh, I just want to like because you know you know I, I don't know if you, you probably remember this, but he always has like a big like pint of beer when when uh, at the podium when he's hosting. Mm-hmm. Like he'd always mm-hmm. he would always take sips of beer. He always had like a big pint of beer with him um, because that's his thing. And uh, and he took a sip of beer and he goes, you know, um, I like uh, a drink um, just as much as the next guy, uh, unless the next guy's name is Mel Gibson, and that's how he introduced Mel. Gibson. <laughs> And then Mel Gibson comes up to him. They have to cross paths as as uh, as he's walking off. And Mel Gibson like pats him on the back really hard and starts talking shit to him. And then they you know like and like shaking his head. You could see that Mel Gibson is fuming, fuming. Yeah. And then at one point, like as Ricky Gervais is walking away, because they cut to people in the audience who were just astonished that he even said that. Because you know everybody knew that Mel Gibson's you know uh, anger issues were through the roof, and like this is you know he could be killed on stage in front of everybody right now, Ricky Gervais. <laughs> And yeah. As he was walking away, uh, like, you know, he was clearly slapping him on the back really hard. Um, and uh, and Ricky Gervais goes, I just want to know what does sugar tits mean? As he says that to him. He... <laughs> nice. <laughs> so. Nice. But, yeah. So, uh, it's apparently hosted. It's going to be hosted by Joe, Joe Coy. Joey, Joey Coy. Ah, Joe Coy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, best, best known as uh, Chelsea uh, Handler's boyfriend for a while. He was a regular yes. on, on Chelsea. Lately. I didn't know. He's, oh, a stand, okay. he's a stand-up comedian. Um, he's a very right. funny guy. Stand-up comedian. He was on At Midnight a lot. You remember At Midnight with uh, Hardwick, with Chris Hardwick? Um, yeah, yeah. He was on that a lot. And then he she, he was a regular on Chasey, Ch- uh, Chelsea Lately, on Chelsea's show. Mm-hmm. And then they became boyfriend-girlfriend, and they were like all over the socials oh, for, okay. for a while. And then she broke up with him because she <laughs> – that's Chelsea. That's Chelsea Handler, who I love. Uh, but, yeah, so Joe Coy. Okay, he's a funny guy. He's a funny guy. He released a movie uh, last year. Shit, what was it called? Easter? Something about e- it was like his family. Yeah. At Easter, and it actually wasn't bad. Um, yeah, and I forgot. I I forgot all about it. Yeah, yeah, everybody did. <laughs> I, I didn't remember it, but I forgot. I forgot that it existed. It's something I remember with... hearing about it and liking the idea, but then it just kind of went away. It's it's something with Easter in the title. It was like a joke based Easter on Joe. Co- that's it, Easter Sunday. Well, there you go, Easter Easter Sunday. That makes sense. <laughs> um, so it's about Joe Coy and his crazy family, based entirely on his family, uh, and what mm-hmm. they do on Easter. And I didn't hate it. I, I remember, you know who I who I thought was hilarious in that movie? Because um, I know, like, I remember Eric hated it. Eric thought it was like the worst movie mm-hmm. of last year, the year before last. And um, you know who steals that movie? If I remember correctly, like kills and is Tiffany Haddish. Oh wow! To, oh my God, she's hilarious in it because she plays like a. She went to high school with Joe Coy's character, and he comes back home mm-hmm. uh, to the town that he lives in, and she's now like a, a cop. 
Um, mm-hmm. And so she arrests him or something. I can't remember. But but she went to high school with Joe Coy's character, and now she's gone on to be a cop. Um, and I just remember Tiffany Haddish. I remember Tiffany Haddish just killing me in that movie. I remember laughing my ass off at everything she did. Um, and I think Tia Carrera's in it. Uh, yes. Not, yeah, because yeah. it's a mainly all Filipino cast because exactly. it's yeah. his family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was I thought it was pretty entertaining. Well, so he's hosting the Golden Globes. Okay. That could mm-hmm. be fun. Mm-hmm. That could be fun. Um and that's uh, w- when is that? That's in January? It is it will be airing on CBS mm-hmm. as well as Paramount Plus. Right. Um do, 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 January seventh. January oh, okay. So it's only it's just like a week and a half away. Wow. Yeah, not right, too. So yeah, it's coming soon. I nice. I hadn't even realized any anything had happened. <laughs> yeah, no. See, it's like right after that. This is this is what happens, and it always it's like you, Esmeralda. It always sneaks up because it's like oh, because we've got all this holiday shit happening, and then as soon as the holidays mm-hmm. are done, it becomes award season. You know what I mean? As soon as the holidays are done, awards, 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 red carpets, red carpets, red carpets, leading up to March and the Academy Awards, and and Jimmy Kimmel is hosting again this year uh, for the Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. So, hey, by the way, did you watch the Kennedy Honors? I did not, because they, they that was uh, last night at the time of this recording. That was last night, and it was um, they uh, they uh, the Kennedy Honors. They honored um, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, the opera singer Fleming, <laughs> uh, Fleming, the opera singer. I can't remember her name, but I'm not mm-hmm. an opera fan. But but not Peggy Peggy Fleming. No, Peggy Fleming is an, is a skater. Renee. Renee Fleming, yes, the opera singer. They 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 gave her the induction. Queen Latifah got a Kennedy Center induction. Um, Barry Gibb, mm-hmm. uh, Dionne Warwick, Dionne Warwick, yeah. and Billy Crystal. Those were the big inductees. Oh, how lovely! Yeah, and they had a big. I watched like half the ceremony um, a, a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it was it was cool. It was nice. Um, but yeah, I you know I I I, I don't I, you know it, it seems weird to me that like some people have been inducted like like it seems weird to me that Dion Warwick is, has has been given a Kennedy Center honor now you know what I mean like what how how is yeah. it how did she not get it earlier she's Dion Warwick <laughs> you know she gets it on the same day that Queen Latifah does that seems a little weird it seems a little weird to I me. mean it's it's the same it's the same thing like the uh um the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame right. where it's just like how has this yeah. one taken this long yeah I mean, they they inducted Amy Grant in 2022 <laughs> to the Kennedy Center Honors. Right. Like, yeah. really? Amy uh, Grant? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. So it's, it is interesting. It is interesting to see, you know, like, um, who gets inducted. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, Joe and Jill were there, the president and first lady, obviously. And mm-hmm. uh, they made a lot of jokes about his age. And he Joe was, and Jill. Joe you're and on a Jill. first name. Basis. Yeah, they're buddies of mine. I can call them right now. I'll give Joe a call right now. No, J and J. Yeah, J and J. Yeah, I got J and J. J and J are coming over to the apartment in a little while. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> got to got to give uh, got to give uh, got to give Joe his Metamucil at some point. So uh, <laughs> I hate I, it's, I, I hate me I hate when they make uh, age jokes about about Biden. I you know, but it's funny. You know, but he's my thing old... is like everyone's old. I know, I know, and it's not like he's not doing anything because he is. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, he's old, but yeah, yeah he's, getting, he's getting shit done. <laughs> so I'm like, he's old, but yeah, so is everyone else yeah. in politics right Absolutely. now. Absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely, <laughs> but but he was good natured about it, you know. And um, you know, the Billy Crystal thing, the the induction of Billy Crystal, like Rob Reiner came out, De Niro came out and sang. He screwed up the song oh, wow. when he came out and sang because they were in, you know, analyzing this together. And, 
Um, and Meg, no, he's saying Meg, he doesn't, he can't, and he screwed it up. But it was, you know, but it was funny nonetheless. And then uh, Meg, <laughs> Meg Ryan came out, and they did like ten minutes on how great when Harry met Sally is, but it's not. Um, mm. so, yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, and then you know the you know it was fun to watch uh, Barry Gibb get his. A lot of musicians came out and did mm-hmm. all the great songs and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was it was interesting. It was fun. It was fun to watch. Those Kennedy Center honors are pretty cool. Like Lin Manuel uh, Miranda came out and did a whole spoof of Billy Crystal. You know when Billy Crystal would come out and do the musical number at the beginning of the Oscars all the time, where he would talk up, he would mm-hmm. sing and dance. Yeah, and Miranda uh, uh, Lin uh, Hamilton guy came out there and did that but about Billy Crystal's life, but he did it in the exact same style that Billy Crystal would do in for the Oscars. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was cool. It was, it was, yeah, it was fun. Um, and then uh, the Dionne Warwick one was fantastic. Gladys Knight came out and sang Walk on By. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah, it was really, because Dionne Warwick, man. And, and Ego came out, Ego Wodum, um, um, who does a fantastic uh, Dionne Warwick on SNL. Um. And and actually did did Dionne Warwick next to Dionne Warwick like Dionne Warwick came out <laughs> oh, on the oh. show and she talked about that like yeah Ego I didn't know Ego was going to be there and I was like oh cool that they have Ego there and Ego Ego Wodum comes out and and she's like listen I do an impression of her but it's not even remotely close and and she talked about standing next to her on live television in front of millions of people doing an impression of Dionne Warwick next to Dionne Warwick and said it was the most intimidating thing that she's ever done in her life. I mean, that's frightening. Yeah. Real time. Yeah. You are there as that person and they're yeah. looking. No, God. Yeah. The, they've done that a few times on SNL. One of my favorites was, um, you know, because so, you, you had Ego doing uh, Dionne Warwick. And, and, and by the way, uh, Esmeralda, if you've never seen Ego, Ego Odom's uh, Dionne Warwick, it's unbelievable. They, she's done it a few times. And it's the, whenever they do the Dionne Warwick show. Um, mm-hmm. and she's fantastic. It's fantastic. It's hilarious. It's, it's really, really funny. But one of the other times I remember this when people do like, obviously there was also, uh, Andy Samberg doing Nicolas Cage as Nicholas with Nicolas Cage sitting next to him, which was, yeah. Fun. <laughs> and then I think one of my favorites ever was when Vanessa bear, uh, would do what's uh, Jennifer Aniston's name, Rachel, right? On friends. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when she would come out and do, oh, yeah, oh, mm. you know, she would do the whole, <laughs> the whole Rachel thing. Like, sure, yeah. oh, yeah. You know, she would do that. Uh, and then Jennifer Aniston came out and sat next to her. It was on Weekend Update. And so it was Vanessa Bear doing Rachel. At, she was Rachel on Friends. And then, you know, and Jennifer Aniston come out to Vanessa Bear going, what are you doing? What, what, I don't sound like that at all. <laughs> so that's that was so that's always fun, but yeah, no, the the Kennedy Center honors that was that was uh that was pretty entertaining. It was fun. Um, boy, and Barry Gibb, man, long gray hair, big. He looks like Gandalf now. It's like, damn, he's got the beard. Yeah, that's um, yeah. it's kind of like part of life. Yeah, true. He should be president. He's so old. He should be president. That's <laughs> right. He's good. He's up. He's at the he's, at the age. Yeah, so wait. <laughs> there you go. Another age joke for you. Yeah. So yeah. Like, he now. Yeah, what were now, you he can do that though. Yeah, yeah. Although he's not an American like before, citizen, before it'd be like you're right? a young rap scallion with long hair, and now it's right. like, oh, very distinguished with your long hair. Your your long gray hair. You can either be a Middle Earth, you know, you can either be a, a Middle Earth uh, wizard or president. Those are your two. Those are your. Why children. not both? Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. Hi, Carrie. How you doing? She's wearing a Bee Gees t-shirt. Oh. 
Oh, okay. look at her. Yeah, yeah. Hi, I'm that. Carrie Russell, right, and Carrie, I Carrie. love Nick's show. All right, Carrie. Okay. <laughs> that, um, that, that documentary, did that come out this year? Or was the that Bee Gees? last year? That was last year. The Bee Gees yeah. thing? Yeah, that was last year. God, yeah, it was good. that was, it was so good. Oh, it was so good. It was so you know, good and so sad. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's it's funny because like that came out, and then this year uh, was the uh, the the Wham! The Wham! documentary, mm-hmm. yeah, which yeah, which yeah, was yeah. which great, but also very sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I guess music is just sad now. <laughs> I don't know. So will you? You'll watch the Golden Globes then, right? Even though you maybe you haven't seen all the movies or anything like that, but you still like to watch that stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. I'll probably watch it. I mean, I've uh, yeah, I haven't seen that many of the. <laughs> Par for the course. I what, usually have never. I haven't seen many of the movies. Have you seen nominated. what have you what, what have you seen that you remember? What have you seen this year or even watched? Um, I did see Barbie. Mm-hmm. Um, did you enjoy Barbie? It. Uh yeah, I enjoyed it immensely. Yeah, me too. My favorite movie um, of the year. My favorite movie of the I year. I watched part of Killers of the Flower Moon. Oh, well, what ha- did, was it too long for you? Was that the problem? Or No, I just, I got in, Colin was watching it, and then I started watching. He was watching it in pieces. Oh, God. And then okay. yeah. I I caught it towards the end. Mm. Oh, no, you got to watch it from the beginning. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it is, a, that's a, that, I'll tell you something, that's a commitment. That's three hours and 40 minutes long, that movie. Three hours yeah. and 40 minutes. Um, and it's great, and it goes by fast. It goes by much faster than because you know Scorsese's made long movies in the past. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you what, it's it goes by a lot faster than that goddamn Wall Street Wolf of Wall Street movie. I remember when I saw <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street, I was like, this fucking thing. It's I'm still convinced that the showing I went to back in 2010 years ago is still running. I just have the <laughs> I yeah, think, no, Jesus no, they're at, um, oddly enough an intermission. Who knows? I don't yeah. know when they're. Yeah. They didn't have an intermission for for killers when we saw it when they showed it to us uh, when they showed the critics it was three hours and forty minutes. I mean, I uh, I emptied out the bladder right before the movie started and I was like, okay, yeah. But you yeah, know, I was you, listening to a podcast talking about how movies are so long now. Yeah, and apparently, like, um, you can't. You're not allowed to do inter- intermissions. Like nobody allows you to do intermissions because I get it. You want your movie whole. <laughs> yeah, but back in the, you know, I mean, they stopped doing intermissions, you know, for long movies. They stopped doing that probably in the mid to late 80s. Up until then, yeah. if a movie was long, there'd be an intermission. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I remember there was an intermission for the right stuff. There was an intermission for even Scarface. They'd say, a lot to my little friend. Fuck you. That, that had an intermission. Um, yeah. The intermission, I can tell you exactly when it happens. In Scarface, the intermission happens when... Uh, he kills Frank and then goes over to pick up. Uh, he goes over to pick up um, uh, Michelle uh, uh, Pfeiffer's, and mm-hmm. the uh, and the Goodyear blimp goes by and says, "The world is yours." That's where the intermission happens. And then the second half of the movie is the montage where they get married and he's making all the money. Push it to the limit when that song is playing. <laughs> yeah. By the way, not even that long in it, in standard time. Like for now, it's not that long. Two hours fifty minutes. Yeah. And, but there was an intermission back then. And now you have a movie that's almost an hour longer than that, and there's no intermission. <laughs> Kill us yeah, the flower movie. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, bring back the intermission. You know, well, you know what it is, though, Esmeralda? The, 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 the problem is everything is automated at these movie theaters. 
and mm-hmm. you know everything is automated and every theater has like 27 theaters and they're all run by computer nobody's up there there are no projectionists anymore there's nobody you know the people who 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 dump the popcorn are also the people who go up and press a button to 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 make sure that everything's okay. Yeah. And so to to actually get people out of a theater and then back into a theater would be a nightmare. You know, like I, I, yeah, it would every, take and now, too long. It would take too long. And now, as you know, all the seats are assigned. So you got to get back to the seat. All the people have to get back to the seats where they're supposed to be. You know what I mean? I, 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 I would imagine that like an employee or a manager at an AMC theater, the thought of doing an intermission for a movie that maybe has 400 people in the theater would be a fucking nightmare. You know? Yeah. It would not, it's not conducive to what we have now. And also, I hate, I hate it. And um, Colin is not the most timely. uh, (laughs) He's not about getting somewhere early. I'll tell you that much. And I, (laughs) just like the airport, I want to be there early. I know. To my movie. Because I want to get my popcorn. I I want to sit. I want to know I'm there. (laughs) I know. I'm with you. You're you're singing to the choir, Esmeralda. I am. Yeah. And all the times I've recently seen movies, and it's because it's been with Colin, um, (laughs) we're running in, like, right before the the last few. Thank God. Thank God for, uh, thank God for, um trailers the trailers because and, yeah. if not we yeah. would miss half the movie yeah oh and there are a lot i you know because i get to see i'm i'm you know i'm lucky uh enough that i get to see movies at screenings you know um which is mm-hmm. awesome and at these screenings there are no trailers and then whenever i see a movie in a in a theater like when it comes out like for instance when i went to go see godzilla a few weeks ago godzilla minus one the trailers were almost 20 minutes long i'm like i can't huh you know, so yes, I mean, if you're running late, but the, here's the other thing. <clears throat> you got 15 minutes worth of trailers, and that's usually the average, around 15 mm-hmm. minutes. And I'm not exaggerating. You know this. But that also encourages people like Colin to be late because they're like, yeah. ah, trailers. You know what I mean? And then people show up when the movie starts, even though the movie starts 20 minutes after the regular, you know, the t- <laughs> people still show up late because they go, ah, there's trailers and there's commercials. Yeah, and I hate it. I Me hate too. it. Because then Me you're too. stumbling around in the dark. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you can't see anything. And you have to sit uh, in your assigned seat. Everything is assigned now. Everybody's got their own seat. You can't sit well, where that's you... that's the problem. I mean, that's not yeah. the problem, but the problem is, like, going to look for your seat yes. in the dark. Turn your phone the on, and there's lights on. Your Everybody's phone light goes on and all that stuff. You know, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Get to the theater early. Get to your assigned seat. And, yeah. you know, sit through the 15 minutes of trailers if you have to, but... And then he doesn't, like, so the last movie we saw in the theater, we Which missed, one? like, the first 10 minutes. What did you see? And he had no problem with it. And I'm just like, <sighs> <laughs> why are we even here? <laughs> what, what was it? What Do you remember what you saw? Um, Bottoms. Bot- oh, God, that movie rules. And you missed, you missed the first 10 like, well, what you missed, what I think what's what's happening. And I'm like, no, I see. I understand what probably happened. <laughs> You don't have to. <laughs> yeah, bottoms is not the most complicated in, of plots. Right. Like, yeah. I, I think I get it. I understand from yes. the five minutes we've been right. here so far. Yes. Two, I think two, I understand what the beginning two, happened. Right. Two lesbian teenagers start a fight club in order to get laid. That's what that movie, that's what mm-hmm. that movie is about. But still, I was like. <sighs> yeah. No, and that movie rules, by the way. We'll catch it. We'll catch oh, it. And I'm just man. like. Mm. Yeah. I'm with you. I would have gone nuts. I wouldn't have even gone in. 
I wouldn't have even gone. In. Well, this, it's like that. I mean, it's, it's like going to eat at a restaurant. Mm -hmm. Like if there's even an hour, I don't want to, I don't want to risk it. Usually. Yeah. Like, I understand. If it's a, if, if, if I understand, if I know that I can eat quickly <laughs> within that hour, then yeah, um, I'll be like, let's do it. Let's go to this restaurant. But if they're going to close in an hour, I'm like, no, no, I'm I not, understand. No, no, no. no that makes sense. That. You're, yeah, no, that totally makes sense too. But the getting to movies on time thing, um, it's like, <clears throat> I, you know, I have, uh, I have dated and been married to, uh, 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 uh a couple of people. Well, actually the second wife notoriously like late all the time all mm -hmm. the time like and if we were expected to be someplace together i would be ready and then i would just sit on the couch and wait you know what i mean i yeah. just sit there and go oh, no i give i give earlier times see that's what i do too that's what, what i'm that's supposed what, to that's what i did too i would say yeah we and have then to we there. still we still leave. cut it close <laughs> cut it close right yeah no no i would oh. like if we if we were supposed to be someplace at eight o'clock i would tell her seven thirty. i'd be like we have to be there at seven thirty, and we would get there at five yeah. eight you know what I mean? So that's yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yep. But yeah, like movies, I will not go in. Like if you know, like like I, you know, if a movie started, if I haven't seen it, and a movie mm -hmm. has started, and and like we're late to getting, I won't go in. I won't go in. Yeah. Um. Uh. And and that's that. Good. You ever, you've seen Annie Hall? I, I would assume, right? Woody Allen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's a scene in Annie Hall where he's waiting in front of the theater, uh, to see a movie, and Diane Keaton is running late. Annie Hall is running late. And he's waiting in front of the theater, and, uh, and, and, and as he's waiting, some guy recognizes him from TV. Alvy, you're Alvy Singer. You're that comedian, you know? And so he gets bothered mm -hmm. by that guy. And then she finally shows up, and they walk in, and, uh, and, he, and he says <coughs> to the person at the ticket counter, he says, um, has the movie started? It's like, yeah. And she's oh, he's like, I can't, I can't go in. And she's like, come on, it's just the titles. We're only missing the titles, just the credits at the beginning. I don't care. I have to see a movie from the beginning to end. I can't go in. <laughs> And then she says, this is the best line, Esmeralda. You'll love this. I don't know if you remember this, but he goes, no, I can't go in. I can't go in. And she's like, Alvy, just let's go in. It just started. We're standing out here arguing. We could be watching the movie right now. I said, no, I have, to, I have to see it from the very beginning to the end every time. I, I, it's, I guess it's because I'm anal. And then Diane Keaton says, that's a kind word for what you are. <laughs> 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 Which is one of my favorite lines in the movie. That's a kind word for what you are. But no, I'm that, I'm that way too. Yeah, I'm that way too. Now, do, have you... Have you since seen the beginning of Bottoms? No. You haven't. Oh, it's streaming. No. It's streaming. I just, in fact, I'm not kidding. I watched it last night. <laughs> it Where was, is it streaming? Uh, MGM Plus. It's on no, MGM Plus. And I think it's on. <laughs> no, but I think it's on. No, it was because I was flipping my cable channels and it was on. And it was on right before Valley Girl, which I ended up watching last night. Because it was, it was Bottoms and then Valley Girl. And I'm like, well, I thought I was going to go to bed, but. Belly girls on <laughs> so i have to watch that but no bottoms is it i think you could find it streaming because it was it was on it was on cable last night so it's it's i think if you look at some streaming services you can but you got to see the first 10 minutes because the opening scene is fucking hilarious by the way the bottoms you have to you have to yeah see. that movie you liked it right yeah it was great oh it's so great so great everybody and the dude football player nfl player and i can't remember his name who plays their their teacher Mm -hmm. Oh, um, oh my God! Was he funny? Uh, it is. He's Marshawn Lynch, right? With the dreads. Mm -hmm. Oh mm -hmm. my God! It's so fucking funny. I, 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 I'm like everything he said in that movie was everything he did in that movie was hilarious, and the outtakes at the end of him like improvising stuff. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> God! Yeah. No, that movie was funny as hell. That was in my top twenty. Bottoms was in my top twenty of last year. Um, 
So, but yeah, you got to see the beginning. It's out there somewhere. So it was weird. I watched Valley Girl for the first time in many years. When was the last time you've seen Valley? Have you seen Valley Girl? Um, I've seen it a few times because I watch Pluto TV. Oh, the sure. App, yeah. And mm-hmm. they always have it on. Yeah. Yeah. It's usually it's- after it's on after or before Earth Girls are easy. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> Because they, you know, I don't know. They're always because on that Pluto, they're on like channels. Yeah, quote unquote channels, and you right. know all the channels. You know, they don't have that many movies that they're streaming at one time or whatever, or playing quote unquote live. So it's yeah. a lot of re- repeat, and they'll they'll double they'll put things together, and I'll see it and I I get it. I'm like, oh okay, yeah, that makes sense because so and so's in it, or it's kind of the yeah. same or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So. Usually, it's either Earth Girls are easy or easy is on, and yeah. then Valley Girl is on, or the other way around, or yeah, that's so a it's weird, always it's a weird coincidentally on. I guess well, maybe because like the girls in Earth Girls are easy are kind of Valley Girls, like the the like yeah, oh god, for sure, <laughs> yeah. So it makes sense for sure, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> well, you know what struck me? I mean, I haven't seen Valley. I've seen Valley Girl a million times, and I mean, I love yeah. it. Yeah. I love it, and I've seen it a million times. It's just been a, it's been a, it's been some years since I've watched it, and I, and I, and obviously the soundtrack is amazing. All the music is just mm. that's all like early nineteen eighty three new wave and you know pop, and I love that soundtrack. It's one of my favorite. A million miles away by the Plimsolls, who you know who play three songs in it, and um, I'll stop the world and melt with you. You know, Johnny, are you queer? By Josie Cotton is in. I mean, there's so many great songs. Um, the soundtrack is great. But here's what struck me watching it last night for the first time in a few years. Man, Nicolas Cage is beautiful in it. Oh, my God. Well, is there's he that sexy? scene where they're like, they're like, he's walking out. He's on the beach. Out of the beach? Oh. And they're all God. like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. he's so hot. And he also had his chest hair was trimmed into a perfect triangle. Yeah, the next, what was that about? No, next time you watch it. <laughs> And you know no, that, that Nicholas, the, I noticed yeah. that. I yeah, noticed of course you that did. immediately. And you like, know that Nicholas And you know Nicholas Cage did that on purpose because Nicholas Cage is, you know, weirdo guy. And you know he shaved yeah. it on purpose so he had this shirtless scene, so he wanted to he wanted to stand out because he's Nicholas Cage. But he's dreamy <laughs> in that movie. He's really he's really dreamy in that movie. You know? I mean, man, I was like, holy shit. I'd I'd forgotten just how dreamy he was in it. He so. he's got some eyebrows. Yeah, he does. He's got some eyes too. Like he's really he's good in that. I mean, he's really you can understand why why uh, why Julie would fall for him. His name is Randy yeah. and her name is Julie. You know the whole Romeo and Juliet thing. Not very subtle. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, <laughs> in one of the movies that they actually see during the montage of I'll Melt with You, the Marquis says Romeo and Juliet. In case you don't get it, because uh, they're from other sides of the tracks. That's the <laughs> in case you don't get it. But no, that's a terrific movie. That's a that's a it's still it still holds up. It's still really great. Um, but yeah, just well, watching watch it. it free on Pluto TV or Tubi. <laughs> on Tubi or to Pluto, and and it'll be followed yeah. at some point by Earth Girls Are Easy. Oh yeah, yeah. I've watched Earth Girls Are Easy so many times now. Yeah. Like in bits and pieces. Like I'll just catch it at the end or the beginning or the yeah. <laughs> well, it's a good movie. Um, it's a great movie. It's so yeah. fun. It's so fun to see. Um, Jim Carrey. What's her face in that oh. in that role? Which um who Gina, um, Gina Davis? Yeah. Gina, yeah, she's great. She's great. That was back when when they first started dating. When uh Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis first started dating. Um that's when they first started dating before they got married, and then they got married right when they were doing the fly. 
So mm. they were a, they were a couple during Earth Girls Are Easy, and they were a couple during um, the uh, during the Fly. And also, if I'm not mistaken, Jeff Goldblum is also Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis are also in. <clears throat> maybe you can Google this uh, tra- uh, Transylvania Six Five Thousand, which is a movie that probably you've seen because I think it's an I think it was a Comedy Central standard <laughs> at one point. <laughs> I know how you watched a lot of Comedy Central movies and stuff. Um, but Transylvania Six Five Thousand, I believe it's Jeff Goldblum and Ed Begley, uh, and then like, um, I think you are correct. And then it's and the vampire, the hot vampire, is Gina Davis. So I think they that's they were together during that too. I think may, those three movies are the three movies that they made together when they just started dating. They were a couple when they got married. So it was like Transylvania Six Five Thousand, Earth Girls Are Easy, and um, and then The Fly. This one, unfortunately, I never saw. On You've Comedy never seen Central. I can't believe you've never seen that one. It seems like, I mean, you've seen Dracula Dead and Loving It 43 times, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that one plenty. Let me ask you, do, you, do you have favorite gags in, in Dracula Dead and Loving It? I mean, the big one, the big, my favorite one, he stabs um, the, the chick in the cemetery and all that blood goes yeah. flying everywhere. Yeah, that's my favorite I part of the I cannot get, I love, I can't get enough of it every that's, time. That's my, so entire, that's my favorite scene in the entire That's my favorite scene in the entire He just stepped movie. to the side and he was like, I know where to stand at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the pounding of the stake. The pounding of the stake and then the blood shoots everywhere. Yeah, no. That to me, that's the funniest gag in the entire movie. That's the, the that that's hilarious. But you've never seen Transylvania 6? Uh, no. Five, five, it's, not, it's not good. Um, but Gina Davis is really hot in it. I remember her being really hot. Yeah. Um, well, it's on Tubi. I'll have to oh, look for there it. There you go. I'm, somehow Tubi I'm not surprised. Tubi is such an underrated uh, movie app. Now, what else do you watch there's on so Tubi? Many good things on there. There is so <laughs> there's seriously there is a lot of good movies on Tubi. Oh, wait, mm-hmm. sorry. Mm-hmm. On Tubi. Um, there is like you would not expect. Uh, like top rated movies you would think it was just all like real b-movie situations on there yeah but so okay so just um i'm looking at their website and what's leaving uh they got the john wick they got the john wick movies the oh they good fellas wow on tubi yeah on tubi wow (laughs) that's right like you just do not expect it um and you know they'll have other kind of shittier movies like sure. so they have like love don't cost a thing oh, um God. <laughs> ted happy well, feet ted- two. Oh, those are both good though ted and happy feet two are both good yeah but you know what i mean like it's not yeah. anything like oh my god we have to yeah. see happy feet two but yeah. then they also have like training day <laughs> so, it's crazy like the a, level it, of movies they'll have the a, hot chick and the departed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so you that is get, that is you, as diametrically opposed as you could possibly be. You know, yeah. the you hot chick and the some, departed. Yeah, some really good stuff on Tubi. Yeah, you just have to. You know what the problem is? You have to kind of search for it. Yeah, they kind of they kind of hide it mm-hmm. sometimes, but mm-hmm. they have really great um, uh, titles. Mm-hmm. Or like, if you go to the search thing, they will give you topics mm-hmm. so one of them's like highly rated on rotten tomatoes so then like you'll see like a bunch and then they'll they'll group them all together or holiday hits or this and that or like yeah um love 
whatever yeah or unrequited love and like they have really things that you wouldn't think of as a title to look for yourself yeah i think netflix used to have stuff like that yeah i think they still do netflix i think does group things but um but not but not not as not as well it doesn't sound as 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 fun or as well as they do it on tubi so yeah there there'll be like just thing like a a title that you'd be like what all right. Um, I guess I'll look into there. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because it's not just like, oh, uh, kung fu movies or whatever. So, mm. like, they also have, like, award. I mean, I guess most places do this, but award winners and nominees. So then you'll see, you know, they have right now, um, like I said, Goodfellas. They have Straight Out of Compton, mm-hmm. Cadillac Records. Uh, the help mm-hmm. um training day blood diamond poetic justice like there's just a lot of stuff they have batman batman returns <laughs> so there's a lot of stuff yeah, yeah they have and you know like i said not not crappy and it's free say there you go it's free so you can watch goodfellas for free that alone should be you know uh, enough for people to subscribe if you get if you can watch goodfellas for free that means automatically that that's a good channel. <laughs> I mean, I kind of take it as like certain movies. I'll be like, okay, well, if this one's on there, <laughs> yeah, 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 I understand. Like they got Bullet, they got Bullet, Nine to Five. Those are classics. Yeah, those well, are they classics. have some good. I, I think they have some good stuff. Very cool. Some good and stuff course, that you wouldn't think to watch. And then of course, RoboCop. Ooh, the original. And Earth Girls are easy. And Earth Girls, yeah, are the easy. original. Yeah. It's it's fun to watch Earth Girls Are Easy now because like that was before In Living Color even, and Jim Carrey and Damon Wayans are the other aliens in it. Yeah, and they're so good. I mean, the whole thing is. I think the whole thing is great. And Julie Brown, are you kidding me? Julie Brown rules. Yeah, and I she love co-wrote it. Her in this. She co-wrote it. She co-wrote it, and uh, and that's Julie Brown, not downtown Julie Brown, not Wubba 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 right. Julie Brown, the yes. other Julie Brown. Um, yeah. So. Just Julie. Just Julie. Yeah. Just Julie. Exactly. <laughs> that Julie Brown. Yeah. 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 And she co-wrote it. And if I'm not mistaken, if I remember correctly, Julian Temple directed that movie. If I'm not mistaken. I don't know if you can Google it, but I think it was Julian Temple who directed that. Um, who, coincidentally. It was. Yeah. Okay. So Julian Temple directed that. Do you know who his daughter is? Mm, no. Juno Temple, who was in Ted Lasso and is now the major player and star of this season's Fargo. Oh, she's incredible. Uh, she's absolutely incredible. She's been she was in Killer Joe. She's been in a she's been in a bunch of movies. Um, but that's mm-hmm. uh, Julian Temple's daughter, Juno Temple, who I think won. A, I think she won an Emmy for uh, Ted Lasso. Um, she's fantastic. And she's amazing on Fargo this season. Amazing. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, Earth Girls are easy. I remember. I remember seeing that movie. I saw that movie at the Webster Place. Remember oh, okay. The Webster Place. Um, yeah. Still around, I think. I don't go there. I haven't gone there in many, many, many years. But that used I to be. I thought it was. It's still around. I think I'm pretty sure it's still around. I just haven't been there in a very, very long time. But uh, that used to be a place where they held a lot of screenings, and it was one of the one of the hit hot theaters. Oh to go yeah, yeah, yeah. In the yeah. late '80s, yeah. Webster place, but that's where I saw Earth Girls Are Easy, and I remember really. I remember uh, I saw it with Roy, who was sitting. Roy Leonard was sitting next to me, and a couple of other people, mm-hmm. and I loved it. And everybody else around me was like, "Boy, that was really stupid." And I'm like, "No, uh, uh-uh. 
It was really good. I thought it was very fun. I thought it was it is. fun. It's a, bl- it's a blast. The whole thing with the um, how they like repeat the mm-hmm. things that they hear and learn. Like it's, I enjoy that whole scene where they're in her house and they're uh, yeah. essentially stomp. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm with you. I think, I think that movie is utterly charming. I really do. And, and, um, and like I said, you know, like watching it now and seeing Damon Wayans and Jim Carrey working together before in living color even started. And yeah. seeing and seeing the physical stuff that they could do that they would that would they would mm-hmm. both that they would both later be famous for is that crazy physical stuff. <clears throat> and of course, yeah. Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum is always weird and charming, and, and Gina Davis is is lovely and right. And she's Julie. so cute in it. Yeah, she's she just is. so like she's like such a dummy, but she's she means well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true. It's true. No, it's a, that's a terrific movie, and it's and, and you can watch that on Tubi, and uh, sometimes it's with Valley Girl. Sometimes it's a double feature. That's a yeah. And I'll tell you Pluto that, TV. Yeah, and Pluto, Pluto, and Pluto TV. that's on Pluto. And that, I'll tell you what, you can you can uh, spend uh, uh, three and a half hours, uh, you know, a, a lot less more entertainingly than that than watching those those two movies back to back. No right. intermission. No intermission though. <laughs> well, they got commercials. They do. So. Yeah, they do. They do have the ads. That's the one thing. But that's no big deal. They don't cut the movies. The movies aren't cut. Yeah, they're not. They're not that long either. The no commercials. Now it's a, and and they count down. It pops up on the screen. It says first mm-hmm. ad of two, and you count it down. So you know, oh, I've got thirty seconds, and the movie will come back on. It's no big deal. And they don't edit it, you know, for content. So Goodfellas is not edited for content. The language, the the violence, it's all in there. It's just mm-hmm. that it's one just that the, you know, one of the channels is on Pluto TV. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the MGM or the Lionsgate channel or whatever. They do. Oh, they do. Which they cut the- I, I guess I don't know why. <laughs> they edit, they edit um, the movies. Well, maybe maybe they want pe- you know they they want a channel <clears throat> for people who don't want to watch the R rated stuff. You know, I it's- guess. I mean, that's just blur. Like you know, it's it's like watching um, a movie on like TNT or something where they're yeah. just they kind of switch things. Yeah. Uh, they they dub um, out the music. Not- they dub out the language. Yeah. Or, or something. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's not it's big. fine. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's totally fine. So. All right. Well, uh, so uh, Pluto TV, Tubi, you can still see great stuff on there. And if you ever want to watch Earth Girls or Easy, you can watch it with Valley Girls. That's how it works. Oh, yeah. So there yep. you go. I'm sure it's on now. Yeah. I'm sure it's on right now as <laughs> or, we speak. Or it's coming up. <laughs> as you Either as we speak and as we are recording or as you are listening to this, at some point, Earth Girls or Easy is going to be on. It's going to be on. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is comforting to know, I think. So. All right. Cool. All right, Esmeralda. Well, thank you. We didn't even get to the dumb stuff, but we will. We have so much time. <laughs> Sometimes we don't get to the dumb stuff, but that's never a problem because people are going to be dumb every day, so we don't have yeah. to worry about it. So, <laughs> if you would There's like to be a dumb stuff, always. If you want to be a sponsor, it's really easy. Hey, uh, you know, you advertise on the podcast. Lots of people listen to it. It'll be advantageous for everybody. So, be a sponsor by uh, writing us sales at radiomisfits.com. I want to be a sponsor of the Nick D Show. If you want to be a part of the Nick D podcast, just in general, leave your voicemail messages. It's open 24 7. We want to hear from you. We love your contributions and your comments. 773 417 6948. Drop us an email with anything, including megaphone requests. Nick D podcast at gmail.com. I thanks to Jason Skaggs, Ed, and everybody at Radio Misfits. Please take the time to share, rate, and review us on every platform. Uh, and on the next podcast, it is uh, the beginning of the year and the beginning of the month. So it's the first Tuesday of the month, and it's the first Tuesday of 2024. 
That means for the people. Esmeralda, you got the day off. For the people. For the people. Tom Appel will answer any and all the car questions, and Herb Weissbaum will help you with your money and consumer issues. So it's our monthly for the people and the first one of 2024. So that's what's coming up next. Esmeralda, you rule, uh, oh, as always. You. Jim Ryan, thank you for talking about the best music of uh, 2023. And we will see you next time on the Nick D Podcast here at Radio Misfits uh, Podcast. The wind is red on me.